I've got a photo up there that I posted of me covered in vomit and I pissed myself. Yeah, there was definitely a lot of puking photos. the traditional owners on the land on which we are recording and pay respect to the elders past and present of the Yagara and Turrbal people. Sovereignty was never ceded and this is Online Mole Patrol ready for a stroll down internet memory lane. I'm Hacklock, a visual artist and chronically online older millennial. And I'm Brinal Butts and if I've ever touched you in bed with my cold hands, you may be entitled to compensation. Um... I feel like you're laying down some um, expectations ahead of time. About what? But with your cold hands. I, it's bad. Like, to be clear, like, <laughs> I'm speaking here as Brinal heat thief butts. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll touch you with my feet, too. Like, I'll fuck your shit up. <laughs> Are you one of those people that has really cold limbs? Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I don't re- know if it's like an estrogen... Uh, uh, dominant kind of trait. Uh, I always have hot hands. Ew. Do I get sweaty? No. Alright. They're just warm. Uh, warm hands. Because I, I use them. They're working out all the time. Exercising. Good for, good for a nice wintry wristy. Uh, I think when I do get really cold hands and feet, I get really distressed by it. Like I feel uncomfortable. Uh, so does everybody with cold hands and feet, oh, okay. my friend. That's right. why I'm touching everybody else's hot bodies with them. <laughs> uh, okay, so this is episode 20. Wow. We've, we've made it. We've made it all we've, we've, 20. We've really made it. We've made it now. Uh, so we're going to do another one of our kind of special episodes. Love it. Not going to have a main story. Instead, we're going to do an AMA. Ask moles anything. Um, and then maybe some recommendations. Yep. And I think that's kind of all we did last time. <laughs> yeah, great. Uh, the other thing is, if, if we don't run too long, is maybe a couple little short stories that wouldn't fill out a whole regular episode. Delicious. Okay. A little internet hors d'oeuvre. Yeah. A little, t- is it tete-a-tete? Um, I think that's when you talk to each other. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I'm... I got it confused with Sitsi Fly. <laughs> Very different. Very different. <laughs> uh, I don't want to get those confused. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. So we put out some messages on social media asking people for questions. And we actually got a bunch back. Some really interesting questions this time. Not saying there's anything wrong with the previous questions. Just that we Except had... that they were garbage. We had a smaller audience, so we had less questions. <laughs> Um, okay. Did we really have more questions this time? Yeah. Aww. We got heaps of questions. That's nice. So, I don't know if we'll be able to fit them all in. 
In the editing, I might have to cut some out if we let's go too long. Just give it a go. All right, let's see how we go. Okay, so the first question is from Tess. Okay. And they ask, what's the oldest website you can find, either archived or still running? And I did look this up, um, and I found that there is one still in operation from 1986. Aww. It's called Interrupt Technology Corporation. <laughs> <laughs> and it was registered, yeah, September 18th. 1986, and it's just like uh, a plain page with text on it with a headline, Interrupt Technology Corporation, and then it says, this is the homepage of Internet <laughs> Interrupt Technology Corporation. If you are looking for an another company that calls itself IT Corp, you'll have to try typing the company's full name in the search engine. Aww, they've got instructions about how to use the internet they on do. their web page. And it seems like it's maybe a little spiteful, like someone told them <laughs> they had to have a web page, so this oh. is their, like, okay, here it is. <laughs> um, and, yeah, it's just got a couple other little bits of information and that's it. And it's just text, black on white background, that's it. And it's still going... <laughs> ImagineAC.itcorp.com. Love it. Um, well, I didn't find one because I'm lazy. Yeah. The other one I found that I thought was really interesting, which is mm -hmm. a, which is the oldest webcam. Oh. So the oldest continuously running webcam Aww. is from 1994. Oh. It's the San Francisco Fog Cam. Oh, bless. So Bit of a, fog. A little webcam that updates every, you know, few seconds, like webcams used to. It doesn't stream. It just updates a. A static photo every now and again like jenny cam was that what yeah. it was yeah um but it's just checking the fog somewhere in san francisco <laughs> um, um one of my favorite websites is um is mercury retrograde.com yeah and they also have the donate domain name is mercury in retrograde.com okay and you look it up you open the page and it just says, like, yes or no. Oh, right. Okay. It's one of those, like, single-purpose websites. <laughs> if it says, um, no, mm -mm. Mercury is not retrograde, it then says, something else is making you feel weird. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Stop blaming all your problems on Mercury. Deal with your own Never. shit. I refuse. <laughs> okay. So... So you said you didn't look any up? No. Of course you didn't. I'm going to be ordered around. <laughs> this one is from Clinton, and he asks, what are your recommended lockdown activities to maintain mental well-being aside from drinking slash and or getting horny for people? I think the, the biggest thing that kept me sane in the first real big lockdown is not necessarily something you can exercise a lot of control over. I just had good housemates, and we had a nice time together, did a lot of, like, wholesome stuff like everybody else did i i did do the bread thing i made lots of fresh pasta oh yeah my housemate sweet zoe um isn't big into cooking but she's very big into sitting there and choosing bangers from the 90s to play while i do cooking and that really works out for me that was yeah, yeah so it was kind of joint like she Actually, was there hanging out with you while you were cooking yeah i and we used to just watch a lot of drag race that sounds great. Yeah. Had a really nice time, actually. It, it, it was... I do too much and I say yes to too much stuff. And so lockdown actually sort of forced me to, to rest in a way that I think I, I really needed. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's good. You actually did get some mental well-being out of it you might not have otherwise. Oh, I was quite depressed in other ways. Like, I found myself 
in in a really kind of physical neurovegetative way i found it very difficult to maintain motivation Mm. in my work like i really love my work but um you know i have one room i didn't have somewhere else to do it my work can be kind of sad in lots of ways and the desk was right there next to my bed and i was like i'm not sure that this is Uh, great energetically separation yeah um so for me i in the first big lockdown i was living alone which was ideal for me because my circumstances didn't actually change that much. Um, I guess I wasn't going out to socialise like I would have normally, but um, my home life was pretty much exactly the same. Um, So I was kind of okay. Like, I was kind of fine. But um, in subsequent lockdowns, that hasn't been the case. And I feel like... And this is something that I do for my mental well-being anyway, but in lockdown I think it is much more important, is to have a creative outlet. Mm. Obviously, I'm an artist, so I'm very biased towards creative activities. But having an activity that uses your hands, and I guess cooking also works, like doing something physically that you need to focus on. Um, So you're using your hands, you're using your mind, you're disconnected from other things. You can really focus in on it. Um, I find that really good. Like that gives my brain a bit of a break. Well, I wonder if there's some common ground here because my experience of like, I take a long time to cook, you know, in the food group that we're in, I'm always posting that I've finished making my dinner and feeding myself at 9.30 at night because mm. it takes me a long time, but I find it quite meditative Yeah, because I go through, I've got this whole process. Like I'll go, I, I've joked that cooking is like being topped by a recipe. <laughs> like you have your rules, you must follow them. Like I'm surrendering to process, mm. you know, so I like to get out all of the ingredients and then measure them all out in the little bowls and then start making. Yeah. And so half of the time is all the prep stuff, of course, or, or more. Mm. And I listen to music or listen to a podcast. Yeah. And I really like it. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, it's the same thing. That is a creative activity it's something where you are doing something kind of physically and focusing in on that um yeah so it's probably the same and I think also people who got really into gardening um people got really into making bread like that's also like a physical kind of creative repetitive meditative task that you can do yeah I think that is really good and the other thing is just like getting stoned having a bath and watching something while I'm in the bath like watching a movie or a TV show while I'm like, I've got the physical comfort of the bath and I'm also stoned. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking great. Great time. I didn't have a lot of baths. I didn't have a bath at the time. I love baths. I'm a bath person. I should have more baths. Yeah. You, you have a bath now. Yeah. I don't have a lot of baths. I really, (laughs) uh, most of the time when I have a bath, it's at the end of a party. If I have a party, or sometimes if I bring people back here after a party, everybody ends up in the bath. You have party baths. Party baths, yeah. <laughs> That's not quite the relaxing type of bath that I'm thinking I of. I highly recommend. You know, do you know my cover photo on my Facebook? Yes, That's I do. A, a friend photo edited a shot that they took of everybody's limbs in the bath. Yeah, it's a great shot. <laughs> it's amazing. It's beautiful. Mm. Um, all right. Next question. Yes. 
this one is from Rack, and she asks, what is your favourite childhood memory relating to computers or the internet? <laughs> Do you want to go first? Sure. Um, mine is playing games over the net when it was kind of first possible to do yep. that where you could uh did they call it network network gaming but you were like using a modem still so you're yep. still dialing into the internet because i'm old dialing into the internet and we were playing somebody calls the house you get yeah. kicked off we were playing duke nukem 3d oh my yeah i've played that <laughs> and i was playing it with my like best friend on the other side of town and it was just blowing my mind that we could be playing this game together in different places um and, you know, it was a really fun game. Mm. With I your pals. That. Yeah. Did Rack say earliest childhood memory or, or favourite? Favourite. Um, if we're talking, like, favourite, I spent a summer when I was 13 or 14 just doing almost nothing but getting up every day and getting onto the computer and playing um, Wolfenstein 3D <laughs> And chatting to this guy that I had a crush on on MSN Messenger all day and sweating. Oh, just waiting on those replies. Oh, uh, no, it was summer and we didn't have aircon and it was hot. Oh, like literally sweating. Yeah, literally okay. sweating I on thought, a vinyl chair. I thought you were sweating over the answers from the boy. No. No, it's a really cute kind of... Uh, looking back now, I can see that that crush was absolutely reciprocated, but we were both too <laughs> little and useless for it to turn into anything. Oh, adorable and sad. It was a really good friendship. Hmm, that's mm. good. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Nice memories. Yeah. I'm not sure what my earliest would be. Would be. I've told you what my earliest computer memory is, and that's me playing like some kind of Muppets game. Oh, on yeah. a computer in the classroom in grade two when I was seven. Oh, yeah. I think the interface was some kind of maybe like a house with nine windows with different Muppet faces in the little windows and you clicked on them and there were different games, kind of like, you remember how California games was different games within the game? Yeah. So it was just cute little mini games. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember what the games were at all. I don't think I ever played that one. I do remember being quite small and playing ms dos games where it was kind of like a black background with just like one or two colors very pixelated and there was one called alley cat that was really hard and it was lots of little mini games you would Mm. like walk the cat down the alley and jump in a window (laughs) and whichever window you jumped in there was a different little game in there i think that was my kind of i think that was pretty early on Oh, you know the guy that I had the crush on? Yeah. And we're talking on MSN Messenger. When I first met him, he came to school and he was from Seattle. And so I looked up Seattle on Encarta. (laughs) Encarta! I don't think we had the actual internet when I first met him. So I looked it up on Encarta and read the article. And there was like a nine second clip of a Soundgarden song. And or it could have been 30 seconds or something, but I just listened to it over and over again. And it was like <laughs> this strange musical awakening for me. <laughs> oh, this weird alien music. Garage, you say. <laughs> oh, Encarta. God, there used to be. Was there a game in Encarta where it was like a, you had to find the answer to a question by going through 
Yeah, I think so. Man. Do you remember when you would get into Encarta and it begins with, like, a picture of a room or something? And, like, there's these embedded links on little, like, items in the room? Yes. Uh, so Encarta was, for anyone who's too young to know, Encarta was, like, um, an encyclopedia on a, a Wikipedia, CD. but on a disc. Yeah. And it was, like, mind-blowing. It was... Whoa! This, and it, it would have, um, unlike a physical encyclopedia, you could have video and sound and yeah. animation in a very small amount because it was just a CD and CDs didn't hold much information even back then. Was it like everybody's PC back then would come with Encarta <laughs> and was it called Wild Creatures or something? Like a, oh, I don't like remember a CD-ROM that. about animals? Maybe. I just don't remember it. I just remember Encarta and how I was just like, would go to the same pages over and over again because that had multimedia, multimedia bits in them. <laughs> uh, all right, let's go to the next question. Yeah. Um, Beef asks, what is the oldest internet presence you can find of yourselves that is still live? As far as I can tell, mine is Facebook. Mine is LiveJournal. <laughs> How embarrassing for you. <laughs> Have you read any of it? Um, it's all locked down. And I... <laughs> At one point managed to get back into it because I remember years later going, oh, shit. I think it was when I first read about how the Russian government <laughs> now owns LiveJournal and basically everything that's on LiveJournal, they sort of control it. I was like, oh, what is what do I actually have on there? And I managed to get back into it and I privated everything. And then I... Not a bad idea. Don't know how to get back in again now. I think probably I need access to an email address that I don't have anymore. I only recently figured out that I should go back through my Facebook and private all of the albums and photo dumps from my mobile phone. I would just put everything. Oh God, yes. On there in these albums. Oh my God. <laughs> and and I can I can understand why I did because I think that my use of Facebook was fundamentally different back in those days because everybody's was. Well, this was when I first got on Facebook, it was when you needed to be part of a particular network that they had decided to allow on Facebook. And I think in the first instance, those tended to be university networks. Mm. So I, the way that Facebook was being used when I first went on there was for everybody who lived on campus at my uni to share photos from parties. Yeah. So the norm was to just throw every photo that you had on there. Yeah. I had a lot of albums of party photos and, con- and, like, live music stuff. Yeah. Um, and, like, he- heaps of photos, like, from, you know, there was no culling. <laughs> I've got a photo up there that I posted of me covered in vomit and I pissed myself. Yeah, there was definitely a lot of puking photos. <laughs> like, ha-ha, My so tits look so great is- in that photo. <laughs> So-and-so is showing up. I'm going to take a photo and put it on Facebook. <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah. The way people used Facebook back then is so completely different to the way you use it now. It was, I think, maybe a little more innocent and Mm. less self-aware. People weren't doing the construction of the online identity in the same way that they're doing now. Like, I'm sure. I think the first thing was oh, I'm going to untag photos where I don't look hot. Yeah. That was the like the first thing. <laughs> or maybe I shouldn't put everything on here. Uh, and like early on, of course, you didn't have every distant relative 
and every ex-boss and every I I posted an article cousin's ex-boyfriend on your Facebook. I posted an article the other day and I'll just find it. I don't think it's getting pushed up in the feed mm. at all because nobody's sort of responding to it and that'll happen. Um, but I probably thought this was really interesting because I was high. Um, let me find it. Scroll, scroll. Dun, 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 hey, I have dun, a soundboard dun. now. Look what I can do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. 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 So this is a Forbes article from a couple of years ago from 2012. Wow. And the title is Facebook users convinced years old private messages are being published on timelines, but they're wrong. Okay. Um, and so what I posted as commentary to explain this article was, um, this is an article in fucking Forbes eight years ago where people are finding seemingly intimate messages from other people on their walls from years back, presumably via Facebook memories or time hop. Maybe time hop was still a thing in 2012. Yeah. Which these people are assuming that those intimate messages can only be private messages, which have now been published by Facebook to their timelines. Um, and Facebook says, no, you just used to say very intimate stuff to each other in front of everybody else. And um, some person who is quoted in the article, who's a journalist, was like, I absolutely do not accept that explanation. I would never have had these conversations in a public space. And I'm just like, TLDR, users unaware that norms of online space have changed over the preceding decade. Yeah. Like, because yeah. I religiously check my Facebook memories. And I noticed that the architecture of Facebook was different back then. Yeah. I don't think that you could comment on other people's text posts. I remember a time when I would write on your wall. Yeah. And in reply, you would have to write back on my wall. Yeah. There wasn't like a, a thread of replies. Yes. Yeah. And one of the things that I was thinking about with all of this I don't even remember if private messages were a feature of Facebook at that time. Maybe they were, mm. but also your audience was so much more limited. Yeah. You would have, like I would have had a hundred friends. Yeah. And like how many fucking friends do I have now? Oh. I, a lifetime's worth. I have six, I have over 600 people now. Um, <sighs> and I reduced that recently. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> How many do I have? Wait, now this is a competition. It's not a competition. Because I just, I I probably don't do it as much anymore, but I went through a period of friending lots of people that I didn't know because I tended to think that their content was interesting or I liked what they had to say in on uh, like friends' comments. Yeah, I've got like 530. And like I have actively gone back and removed a lot of old content and mm -hmm. privated things. And I also am constantly trying to stop myself using Facebook. So I won't go through and purge people from the list because I'm just trying not to use it as much as I can. I still do, unfortunately. I still find myself there all the time. But I'm trying not to engage with it. I'd rather surrender. I'd rather commit than... I've got other social networks I've surrendered to. <laughs> Facebook is the one that I'm trying to just not... No. Fair. Um, okay, so... <laughs> what, were, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah, our oldest is... 
So yeah, just own, fucking yeah, Facebook. Was is my live journal? It's it's still uh, a thing. It's still active, but it is all private. Um, yeah, so private I can't get to it. But the Russian government can. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Cool. So this one is from. And he says, if you're after something light <laughs> um, for a question, I'd love to know about you guys having awesome hair. What's the inspiration? Is it worth the upkeep and commitment? It's been a while now. Would you say it's become part of your identity? What a wholesome question. Yeah. Um, it's definitely a part of mine. Like, yeah. I feel like it's a very important part of how I present myself to the world. And, like, I am a visual artist, so I am thinking about myself as branding as well (laughs) as, um, like, just being me. I've been dyeing my hair bright colours pretty much ever since I broke up from my one big relationship when I was Mm. younger, um, where I did not really do my hair much at all because we didn't have any money. Yeah. So that wasn't something that we invested in yep and i always felt like garbage so yep. since then i'm like no this is very important to me well i was a metal kid for years so i did um black box dye for a trillion years oh god and that's so hard to get out um and then when i got my first law gig there was uh, just this picture that kind of haunted me that i kept on thinking of all the time of this just a woman on tumblr with blue and green hair and i couldn't get out of my head and I sort of got to a point in my job where I felt secure and like I was valued. I wasn't seeing any clients face to face. I wasn't doing any representation work. Mm. And I asked my boss if I could dye my hair blue. And she said, yes. And I did it. And that was 2013, I think. And it just felt so right. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I do think that I'm quite identified with it in mm. a way. Um, I, when I wanted to move away from Brisbane and was worried about being able to get a job, I stripped it all out and went back to like a brown color, um, which to me felt like normie cosplay or something. <laughs> um, and I felt so sad yeah. and weird. People responded to me in a very different way. People, I think it's like an icebreaker or something. People seem to respond to the blue hair. Yeah. And I know I do a couple of different colors um, sometimes, but always come back to the blue. People just seem to like it a lot. I have the same thing. The reactions I get from people, and it's not just that obviously my hair is quite bright, so it attracts attention, but like little girls spotting me and pointing at their mums and going, look, mum, a fairy or whatever. That stuff yeah. is adorable. Yeah. Um, and you get people who's like, I get people who will stop me and say, I love your hair so much. Um, it's completely changed my day. And I'm like, yeah, it's, it feels very powerful to affect people. I thought this was an interesting element of the question as well. Is it like, is it worth the upkeep or is the upkeep tough? Yeah. Um, you know, the first time I dyed my hair, I was seven. You know, I've been dyeing my hair for a long time. And so for me, mm. uh, engaging in labor or spending money in relation to my presentation and in relation to my hair has always been a part of the labor tied up with performing normative femininity. Okay. So... In some ways, I think that when you wear dumb shit all the time or when you dye your hair dumb colours, you're revealing that labour. So 
never before having blue hair nobody ever asked me if it took a lot of effort for me to present as female in the world so people often ask that question, does it take a lot of effort to have blue hair? And it's like, no, it takes pretty well exactly the same amount. You know, I'm, I'm not upset with the person who's asking this question no. at all, um, if I sound a bit aggressive here. <laughs> um, but it, it's, it's exactly the same amount of labour yeah. as it ever was. But it, it's, there's something about it being a little further away from the average or the norm that reveals the labour that might be tied up in presentation. Yes. Yes, very much so. Um, I think it's like that difference where people do um, uh, men that look at photos of celebrities and say, oh, I love it. She looks so beautiful without makeup. And I'm like, she's wearing makeup. She's wearing like tons of makeup. Um, It's just that you're seeing natural coloring and saying, oh, that's that's natural, meaning it's not something that's been applied to the face. I'm uh, but when you wear bright colours, it is very obvious the amount of makeup you're wearing. What do you think that dynamic's about? And maybe you don't have an answer to this, but I sometimes think about this, where maybe a particular type of woman or man says she'd be so much more beautiful without that makeup or, oh, isn't she just naturally beautiful? Yeah. Yeah. Um. I think we place morality on... Oh, is this a modesty norm? Yeah. I think it's a modesty thing. It's a morality thing. Oh, shit. It's like uh, painted ladies are sex workers, right? So if you're wearing bright (laughs) colours, then you must be some kind of whore. Um, Um, And also that we value beauty that is effortless, or at least it appears effortless. And therefore it also means she's going to spend less time working on stuff around me. Ma- yeah, maybe it's something about signalling that you're a low effort, low yeah. maintenance kind of gal. Yeah. Um, I just in this vein, I went to the Facebook page of the lady who tattooed my eyebrows on my head mm-hmm. today because I was like, should I be getting a top up sometime soon? And I was going through her photographs to see whether or not she'd ever posted my eyebrows. Cause she posts pictures of the eyebrows she's worked on. Yeah. And I thought that there was a chance that this one was me. And I was trying to figure out if that was me. That's not you. That's not me. That's definitely not you. Well, maybe you look at my face more than I look at my <laughs> yeah, face because I'm stuck in my head. Um, <laughs> but in looking at that picture and trying to figure out if it was me, I saw some of the comments and um, overwhelmingly they're positive. Mm. Um, but somebody commented and just went, seriously? <laughs> and then another one, some of them are like, so-and-so, is this you? So-and-so, is this you? Yeah. And then somebody said, a, a woman... The first one that said seriously was also a woman. Um, a woman says, first pick looks better. Like the person looks better before they got their eyebrows done. Yeah. And somebody replied and said, yes, more natural. And then somebody else said, I like the top one. Suits her better. And it's just like. She's not doing it for you, bro. Yeah. I, it was like because I'd been entertaining the possibility that this was me. I was like, you know, the person, that person is in the room. 
that person who's in that photograph and you're looking at their fucking eyebrows, they can see you commenting. Yeah. Would you say that shit if they were right there? No. Really? Are you that rude? They might say it to their friend quietly. Ew. Fuck off. Yeah. Unless Judging women is uh, humanity's, like, favourite sport. Unless it's something that can be fixed in less than 10 minutes, like, oh, you got something in your teeth. Yeah. Oh, your tag's sticking out. Shut the fuck up about other people's bodies and presentation. <laughs> yes. Unless yes. it's unless it's like a compliment about a choice that somebody's made about. You know, we had this discussion. This was an ongoing discussion in my workplace for a hot minute. Mm. Like, when are you allowed to comment on other people's stuff? And my position was, you never comment on somebody else's body. Like, yeah. you have beautiful eyes. Not workplace appropriate in my view. But like, oh, I love that blazer. You know, like creative choices. It's not talking about somebody's body. Mm. It's talking about somebody's presentation. So it's compliments about- in relation to stylistic choices yeah. go ham. It's different, I think, in a workplace setting as well. Like you are especially... Oh, some of these dynamics are certainly magnified and, and, and different to the rest of public life. Mm. I've also had a, a male friend ask me about that before. How do I compliment a woman in a way that isn't threatening or overly sexualizing like if I see someone and I'm like their hair looks incredible and I feel the instinct to let them know I think their hair looks incredible and I he was saying like I know you get those compliments um like when when is it how is it okay to express that and I'm like well sometimes it's just not like sometimes you can just think it to yourself without saying anything but like something about my my crazy bright hair I that is a that is a conscious choice yeah. and that's more okay to comment on it depends you know <laughs> that's the other thing is when you have bright colored hair you do get people commenting on it yeah a lot and that can be quite isolating as well kind of a bit overwhelming oh uh, you know what i really in the main when people are complimenting my hair love mm. it yeah the thing that i really hate is when I wash my hair and it starts to fade and people go, oh, have you changed your hair? It's like, nah, bro, dye just fades. Come on. Do we have to talk about... And this, ha- you know, this happens in the workplace too. Yeah. And it's like, the ho- I've worked at my workplace for four and a half years. My hair's been doing exactly the same cycle of be bright, fade down, get bright again this yeah. whole time. I guess that's the problem with it being an icebreaker is then it can be like, oh, this is the only thing I have to talk to you about. <laughs> It's the only thing I can think of is this thing that's right in front of my eyeballs right now. Um, well, I have a friend who also is a very brightly coloured person. Like, their hair colour, their clothes that they wear, their makeup, they wear a lot of bright colours. Yeah. They they get people commenting on how they look all the time. And I've heard her express frustration with people being like, oh, are you going to a fancy party? Like, what are you dressed up for? And they're like, this This is how I dress. I think she finds the way people react to her sometimes quite infantilizing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can, I can see that. Um, a friend has been messaging me recently and they've gone through like a really substantial weight loss. For I think for the first time in their life, they're a bit younger than me. And um, one of the things that they're messaging me about is really trying to come to grips with the fact that people are treating them much better. People are being much nicer. And this feels like a corollary to that. Yeah. You know, 
like the impact of your presentation on how you're received in the world and maybe the distance between who you really are and the assumptions that people are making about who you are based on presentation. Mm. And so I, like I could be a sympathetic and supportive listener for this person because I've been lots of different weights and so I've had many occasions to notice how much better people treat me yeah. in the world when I'm trending toward slimmer. <sighs> yeah, I've also experienced both. Yeah. Um, there was one point in my life where I got very ill and I got very thin um, and the way people treated me was so noticeably, markedly better, kinder, more understanding, more patient. It was just an easier way to move through the world. Okay, uh, let's get back on track with the next question. Okay, so Josie asks, what's a smaller piece of online drama that wouldn't warrant its own segment of an episode but still infiltrates your brain randomly anyway? So years back, I've got this, um, like, a group chat that I'm in with people that essentially I used to share house with. And, um, yeah, this must have been, like, 2015 or something. An ex of mine encouraged us all to join this Facebook group, which was Best and Worst Truck Stops of Australia. Oh, yeah. And it was kind of like a food group, but for truckies. So they'd be posting images of meals that they were having at truck stops. Maybe it was like Best and Worst Roadhouses of Australia. Yeah, that, that was sense. it. That was it. Yeah. And um, number one, it was just amazing. <laughs> Everybody posting their dimmies and their chico rolls and shit and a schnitty with some peas out of a bane. Um, but then this drama started erupting um, because this person uh, – so it's all about a crumbed sausage. Sometimes if you put a crumbed sausage in a deep fryer, um, if there's some kind of chink in the armour of the crumbed sausage, then – the hot oil gets in and like degloves oh, the crumbed right. sausage. So like all the crumb, comes all the crumb off falls away, and you've just got the the sausage is kind of cooked itself separately. Yeah, okay, and yeah. and so this person posted this picture of this degloved crumbed sausage, and everybody <laughs> was like, "Ew, how gross!" Ugh. And um, then the roadhouse in question got in touch with the admins of the group. And we're like, we've been defamed and unfairly represented in relation to this crumbed sausage. Because what had happened is that, yes, the sausage had degloved and they went to the person and said, hey, you know, the skin's come off your crumbed sausage. We'll make you up another one. But do you want the weird one while you wait for free? And right. so he just posted the gammy crumbed sausage and so all of the admins got really nervous about this and <laughs> instituted this rule that nobody was allowed to talk about the crumbed sausage <laughs> lest they be uh you know oh no. subject to action in relation to defamation that's the streisand effect right? yeah and so then everybody in the group was going nuts about it and people would just write comments on things saying crumbed sausage <laughs> And everybody's just losing their mind. And um, it stressed out the team of admins so much that they all just quit and (laughs) 
left the group and a different admining team came in. And then I, th- there may have been one of those dynamics where somebody said, oh, everybody come and join this other group. <laughs> <laughs> this crumbed sausage is just following everybody around. Um, and then at some point, the group was just gone. Yeah. Okay. And it's honestly my favorite internet <laughs> drama that ever happened. The crumb sausage just destroyed the whole community. It was such, it was a big group <laughs> and it was a really active group and this crumbed sausage just took the whole thing down. Um, wow. Okay. <laughs> Follow that. Ah, oh, shit. I don't know if I can. <laughs> um, the one I was thinking of was there was this guy on Twitter who, this was around the days of there being like an area of Twitter called weird Twitter. And everyone is it not there anymore? Oh, the people who who others classed as weird Twitter all hated the term. Like it was, <laughs> but it was people doing some more, um, I guess, abstract avant garde kind of comedy stuff, and like particular personas, and a lot of them came out of uh, Fiad from something awful, one of the the sub forums there. Okay, cool. Um, like drill. Um, which is still going these days. Drill is bloody great. My favourite was Horsey Books. Horsey Books was great too. Um, that blew up to be a whole thing. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, but there was, a, there was a guy who was doing quite well at that time. Like he had a lot of followers and his Twitter handle was, I think, Prodigal Sam. Okay. And the guy, the actual guy was a priest. <laughs> um, but oh my god, oh. he was stealing all his jokes. Oh, so he was taking other people's tweets. That's not very godly. No, he was taking other people's tweets, slightly rewording them. So you know, it, if somebody searched their own joke, it might not come up. Um, but he would do it also like minutes after someone had posted their joke, like. <laughs> <laughs> and at some point somebody because I think he actually ripped off some proper like professional comedians as well um, that people started like assembling evidence t- the screenshots of the times get the, the receipts the times he'd done it the repeating of the jokes like sort of evidence that he would have seen the original joke and it blew up so badly <laughs> um, but I think even Patton Oswald like weighed <laughs> in at the time and he was kind of roasted so mercilessly I think he kind of disappeared and he come he came back at some point I I wonder what happened to that guy because he admittedly it was a it was a house of cards he had a huge following and you know, I think he was starting to monetize it at the time. Oh my! <laughs> well, that's a lot of pressure. Yeah, got to start stealing ideas, don't you, when you're on a timetable? And like, there were other, there was a lot of other accounts that did similar things, um, though they tended to have like an anonymous face to them. Like, there was an account just called Dory, and the picture was the fish from Finding Nemo. Yes. Um, and all of the jokes on the Dory account were stolen, um, but it had a huge following. But like, you never actually knew who was behind the account. Yeah. Um, whereas this guy wanted the fame, so he had his face there. Have you just 
Coming back to priests. Yeah. Bad behavior of priests online. Have you seen this thing about a Spanish bishop quits the church after falling in love with the writer, a writer of satanic erotica? <laughs> no. I posted this into like I'm in a best headlines group, like a group where po- people post um, news articles with good headlines. Um, so a Spanish bishop known for performing exorcisms has resigned after reportedly falling in love with an author of satanic themed erotic fiction, giving rise to fears among his former colleagues that he has been possessed by the devil. <laughs> okay. Ms. Caballol, a divorcee, is described by her publisher as a dynamic and transgressive author who turns upside down our ideas of morality and ethics. In the book Amnesia, the author asks prophetically, what happens when attraction is stronger than any code of ethics or social pressure? Church colleagues told Spanish media they believe Bishop Novell had been possessed by demons, with one saying this was not a problem of celibacy, but rather of infestation. Um, the same sources claimed that Pope Francis had urged Bishop Novell to undergo an exorcism to free his troubled spirit, but the bishop had refused to do so. <laughs> I just want to get what one of our mutual friends said about this. Imagine reading something so horny you had a reverse epiphany and abandoned your career. <laughs> and I said, I live in hope. <laughs> I put a picture of the two of them in group chat and I said, manifesting a sex tape. (laughs) He's there in robes. She looks pretty cute. He's pretty, pretty ordinary, I suppose. I don't want to be mean about it. He's just a regular guy. Okay. (laughs) This one is from Jay and she asks, Hacklock's favorite color is a matter of public knowledge. But yours, Bri? I'm I'm the blue lady. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I mean, we'll go into green and purple. Blue and adjacent colours. You are cool shades and I am warm tones. Yeah, I'm the mermaid lady. Together we're a movie poster. We're a movie poster. Yeah. It works out perfectly. We just need somebody silhouetted in between us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Amanda. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, okay. This one is most memorable MSN name. <laughs> Actually, I got a question from Devo as well, which was, what was your first online aliases? Which is similar and adjacent, I believe. I can't remember, like, buddy, my favourite MSN names. It's too long ago. But I think my first online persona, my early ones, was, like, uh, stuff to do with carrot, clever carrot. Actually, do you have like an embarrassing historical email address? My first email address was bry underscore from underscore bulcher at <laughs> hotmail.com. <laughs> I definitely had one that had 666 in it. <laughs> H something something 666. Horny butterfly babe 69 <laughs> at gmail. Um, yeah, I think the clever carrot one is the earliest one I can remember. And mm-hmm. that came from, I got sort of carrot related nicknames in high school because of my reddish hair. Um, in my early twenties, I had an MSN username, which I think I fancied as a horny kind of handle, which mm. was my hands, my mouth, my breath, which was, I don't know, it was from a dream. <laughs> Guild. Um. 
I did remember I had screen capped somebody's, um, I think they changed their Twitter name to like, not the actual handle, but just like the little summary yeah, yeah. name, um, bastard colon remastered. <laughs> Actually, remastered. Actually, my first, uh, my favorite username on Tumblr is Cunt Bath. Oh, that's good. Yeah. There's an amazing picture that she posted years ago, a really tight shot of her abdomen with these. She's quite thin, but she's got really substantial, significant stretch marks mm. from when she had a kid. And it's like, it's all across her abdomen. And it's like this beautifully lit shot. And yeah. I like to repost it every fucking year and people never know what they're looking at <laughs> beautiful the it's human great. body um and finally what this one is from Kara. yes uh what obscure sport slash activity do you want to see at the brisbane olympics the fucking crystal light national aerobic championship <laughs> Prime movie, normally scheduled at this time, will not be seen tonight, so we can bring you the following special program. You don't get to choose different music. It has to be, it has to be this song for the whole thing. Everybody has to perform to this song. Yeah, fair. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. I know what you're talking about. You gotta, you gotta bounce that tune. <laughs> I like it. I like the idea of it always being the same song forever as well. Like that's gonna really lead to some create creativity. You just really gotta like embed the tradition. <laughs> I reckon it should be handball. But not oh like, yeah, there is an Olympic sport called handball, but it is different to the handball that we played at school, <laughs> which I think is also called foursquare. Okay. Um, but yeah, the handball that you would play in school at lunchtime, we had four squares and you would have King, Queen, Jack. And I'm sorry. I never had any hand-eye coordination, so I never <laughs> played handball, man. I loved handball. I wasn't great at it, but I loved playing it. Um, and it's such a Australian schoolyard tradition that I reckon time to make it Olympic. Yeah. Look, I think you make a good argument here. <laughs> it really does tap into something fundamental to the national psyche yeah and the fact that every school has a different set of rules so that's going to lead to so much um you know where people get really hung up on the tiny little details and oh children are bush lawyers yeah love it totally um at your school were people able were they allowed to make the ball roll or was that instantly like you're not playing anymore? You're Didn't out. you hear me? I did not play that shit. <laughs> Didn't you watch other people play it? No, oh, man, I just read all the time. Oh god, what a nerd! I was. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I guess it... you only know me now as the cool version of me. I guess it paid off, and you got degrees <laughs> and a job and stuff. <laughs> Whatever. All right. Well, that was our final question. I think. Um, all right. So last time we did some like uh, recommendations. I want to tell you about podcasts first. Okay. Let's talk. And I'm not going to go on forever. Um, Really enjoyed my year in Mensa. Oh, yeah. Really enjoyed it. Um, And then. Is it from the point of view of someone who was in Mensa or is it like. (laughs) It's hectic. It's like a woman who's writing for some online publication, I think. Okay. So she wrote this piece for Paste Magazine titled 
good news. They let dumb sluts into Mensa now. <laughs> I think I read that. So she took the exam. <laughs> she took the test to get into Mensa. Mm. And really what she was wanting to do, and I, I forget how she got tied up in this in the first instance, but it's like the point of the piece was to draw into question some of the problems with the whole framework that they're yeah. using here. And um, like, isn't IQ ranking like deeply flawed? They don't even fucking use IQ. Oh. <laughs> they use some other fucking measure. Okay. Uh, because, because I know, <laughs> I knew this already because um, I wanted to see whether I could just send my clients who have suspected intellectual disabilities to Mensa exams <laughs> To get evidence to help them get pensions <laughs> for free. Okay. But it turns out it's not a fucking IQ test. Because. It's just you... their own patented one? Oh, fuck. I don't know. Um, yeah. If you've got evidence that your IQ is under 70, you just straight up get a disability support pension. You don't have to do anything else. Oh, maybe I should do the test. I've... You've suggested that before. <laughs> no, 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 no. I've been doing this for a little while now. And um, I tend to think that I can sniff out when it might be worth your while to look at the question okay and um she I just called you. me smart you, did you guys hear that she just called me smart <laughs> yeah I, I think that you have an iq well and truly over 70 <laughs> yay <laughs> i'm not intellectually impaired <laughs> oh my God. that's going on my tinder profile <laughs> Take a screen cap, put it in the show notes. <laughs> anyway, so Mensa gets really mad at Jamie Loftus about that piece. And um, so the the podcast, it's a reasonably short series, um, just five episodes, but it's hectic. Okay. All right. That sounds that sounds good. Yeah, really good. Um, listen to The Missing Crypto Queen. That was all right. I started listening and then I got distracted, but I was enjoying um, – where, from where I got up I to. I also got distracted right at the end. Um, yeah. I, I will go back to it, I think, because I was enjoying it. There was one I was really enjoying, but it's not here in my podcast subscriptions anymore. Oh, there it is. The Gateway. The Gateway? The Gateway. Is it about the Gateway Motorway? It is about... Hey. <laughs> it's a six-part series about Teal Swan, and she's like this spiritual guru yeah this is me reading like the little synopsis of the show the blurb she draws in followers with her hypnotic self-help youtube videos aimed at people who are struggling with depression and suicidal thoughts some followers move to teal's healing center a spiritual startup where they produce content and manage social media accounts Teal insists her therapy saves lives, but her critics say Teal's death-focused dogma is dangerous. Gizmodo reporter Jennings Brown travelled to rural Utah and to the forests of Costa Rica with access, extensive access to Teal and her inner circle to understand Teal's teachings and investigate the deaths of some of her followers. Ooh, boy. It's great. What's it called again? Um, the Gateway, Teal Swan. If anyone is interested in starting a podcast about the Gateway Motorway, <laughs> <laughs> a motorway oh, just outside Brisbane. Oh, my Brisbane. God. Best, like, online handles ever. There's somebody on YouTube whose name is Bruce Highway. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> is that their real name? <laughs> no, surely uh, not. I 
love it though. That's that's great. Um, I've also been listening to um Trixie and Karcher's podcast, The Bald and the Beautiful, a little bit. Oh yeah, which is really cute. I haven't actually tried it. Like I still watch their YouTube channel. Yeah. thing, but. Um, I think I just have too, too many podcasts at the moment. Um, okay, so my podcast rec, which I can't remember if I recommended this last time or not, but Rout I'm going to reiterate because it is my absolute top recommend at the moment is Maintenance Phase. Oh, yeah. Um, which one of the hosts of You're Wrong About, which I have definitely recommended before, um, has a separate one called Maintenance Phase where they debunk wellness um culture and diet culture kind of stuff awesome and it's very well researched it's very entertaining um it'll make you real mad (laughs) yeah i don't listen to it because it makes me mad (laughs) i find it really um really educational i can see how it would be like like really sort of vindicating as well for some people who need to hear the stuff that they're talking about yeah and also to understand that a lot of uh, frameworks that you use to evaluate yourself and other things in the world are where they come from, what yep. they're based on. Like, it's really interesting. But also, there's a lot of bullshit out there, and it's nice to hear people actually go, hey, here's all the reasons this is bullshit. <laughs> I just find it so depressing. Um, that's yeah. just me. That's just me, and that's me having come out of years of sitting in, like, online um, fat acceptance space where a lot of these same sort of talking points were already discussed. So like the balance of me learning something new or finding Mm. out something that like helps me in my life versus being a bit depressed about this stuff is a little off kilter when it comes to maintenance phase. But having listened to it, it's really cute. I like it. They're doing good work. Yeah. I think they're doing a great job. I'm a bit slow on this, but the dropout, which is about um, Elizabeth Holmes, the woman who ran Theranos, that company that made the... Is there another podcast out about her now or something? I I think there's a couple. Okay. Um, But the dropout was the one that I recently went through. I think it's a bit old, older now. I'm listening to a lot of Trash Future. What's that? Um, It's kind of... Uh, what's the, what's their actual premise? <laughs> Let's have a look at how they describe themselves. Trash Future. Summary. Trash Future. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's UK based. Um, it's a sort of a, a larger podcasting group. I think there's like four or five of them. So the official blurb for the pod- podcast is a podcast about business success and making yourself smarter with the continued psychic trauma of capitalism <laughs> okay good uh so they they do talk about some real scammy tech broy kind of stuff oh that reminds me i've got a new phone and all of my subscriptions didn't come across oh so i'll resubscribe to swindled mm. swindled being that podcast that i like that talks about cons yeah i dip in and out of that there's something about his delivery that I find a little heavy. <laughs> yeah. But it's still like interesting stuff. Yeah, this story's really good. Alright, what about do you ever play any video games? Block game. Block game. Did we talk about block game last time? <laughs> we did. Block game. I've got a few games to recommend. Go on then. Uh I played one called Mundorn. M-U-N-D-A-U-N. Which is a sort of Scandinavian folk horror-ish, super horror-y 
but a Scandinavian folk kind of scary game, mm-hmm. um, which is really interesting because it's um, it's all hand drawn. It's like three D cool. modeling, but all hand drawn textures in pencil. Whoa! So it's all kind of pencil drawn, just black and white cool. kind of stuff. Um, and the premise is your uh, Mundon is a town up in the Alps, and your I think your uncle has died and you've been sent a letter from the priest saying, Hey, your uncle has died. Um, but you don't need to come up for the funeral. Don't worry about it. Oh, what? <laughs> and you're like, Hmm, this seems suspicious. I'm definitely coming now. <laughs> so you go up to the mountain to find out, um, how your uncle really did die. And then it turns into silent Hill. Kind of. Cool. Um, and it's, it's really cool. It's really, um, it's really enjoyable. The puzzles. Cause it's sort of, you do quite a lot of puzzle solving, um, uh, there's only a few that I found super frustrating. Most of them are kind of, you can, you can work it out. And there were a few bits where I got genuine jump scares. <laughs> um, the first time it happened quite early on, I kind of forgot that it was going to be a scary game. And then so when something scary happened, I just, I was playing ah. off my switch and I just turned the whole machine off. <laughs> I was like, ah. <laughs> had to throw it away. Um, another one I've been playing, which I think this one has had heaps of, heaps of coverage because it won like game of the year from a bunch of different places, but called Hades and you are the son of Hades Mm -hmm. and you are trying to escape hell basically because you are rebelling against dad (laughs) and there's other reasons, but there's a lot of kind of like, I'm going to show you dad, you think. You think I'm not good enough? Well, I'm going to show you kind of attitude, which I find really fun and funny. Um, um, do you want to talk about movies? Yeah. Um, I watched His House, which is like a horror movie from yeah. 2020, and it's on Netflix. And I just looked it up. It's got 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Whoa. And the synopsis is a refugee couple makes a harrowing escape from war-torn South Sudan but then they struggle to adjust to their new life in an English town that has an evil lurking beneath the surface. But I think I remember it being, yeah, quite oh, oppressive feeling. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it really brings the mood. Um, I saw Pig. Oh, yeah. The new Nicolas Cage. Uh, you know I was there too, right? Were you? Yeah, I was. Did I see you? No. Oh. I was chilling with your brother beforehand. Oh, Okay. Oh, yeah. When's a pig? What did you think of pig? Yeah, amazing. Loved it. Um, it's really good. The trailer completely misrepresents what the movie is going to be like. Sounds like a trailer. Um, I think there was a lot of people there who'd watched the trailer and were expecting a very different film. And even though when we saw it, it had an introduction, um, a friend introduced it and explained that it was quite different to the trailer. There were some people behind me that afterwards were like, oh, that wasn't what I was expecting. That's why I don't like to watch a trailer. Yeah. I like, I knew I was going to see it anyway. So I kind of avoided um, any information about it. Once I heard very basic premise. I'm like, oh, I mean, I don't want to know anything more. Um, so often the trailer will ruin it for me. Yeah. Same. Avoid them. Um, what else have I seen recently? Oh, it was just a Marvel film. <laughs> like, I went and saw Candyman with Amanda. Oh, is that good? It was great. It was quite... <laughs> it's been a long time since I've seen, like, a slasher. Yeah. 
pick, but it's like there's all of this stuff about art and race and gentrification and um yeah lots of layers and there's these really amazing kind of um animated sequences like shadow puppets which i think were produced in melbourne oh wow yeah is it a direct remake no is it like a re Uh, i cut the last when i watched the original Candyman, i was like fucking 12 yeah and going through like a horror movie jag um, yeah, I saw it not that young, but definitely like teenager. Okay, so now that you say it and now that I think about it more, I realise that this film I think is supposed to step off from uh, the first. Okay. In a way. All right. Like a sequel, but not with the same cast of characters, but it's all unfolding in the same universe and the events of the first movie have occurred in that universe. Have previously. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's quite well produced and very beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, okay. That's definitely going on my list. I don't uh, read anything, so I have no books to recommend. Um, have I read anything? Let me have a look. I'll have a quick look. <laughs> Apparently I listened to the entirety of Atomic Habits. I cannot remember a thing from it. <laughs> Must have been great. That's the biggest fucking ADHD mood ever. <laughs> God. Uh, um, I like to listen to a bit of Pema Chodron. What's, what's her deal? She's like a nun or something. Oh, shut up. Just tell me what the book's about, you bastard. She's called a nun a bastard? Nah, calling the audio book that she wrote a bastard. Okay, fine. I also listened to Set Boundaries Find Peace by Nedra Glover Tawab, and she voices it, and um, she's an African-American woman, and um, nobody sounds as powerful to me or nobody sounds like a better role model to me than african-american woman like setting down her boundaries because there's lots of like suggested um sort of she gives you examples of shit you can say to people to tell them to fuck off nice (laughs) and it's her saying it (laughs) you know like you really feel her power it sounds great uh i just don't i even get audiobooks and then don't listen to them. I don't know what it is. I've got to I, listen to it in the car or riding the bike. Yeah. There's no other way. I've got a bit of a mental block about it, but I'll get there again. I miss reading. But I also listen to a trillion podcasts, and some of those are a bit book-like. I mean, ours sure isn't. <laughs> <laughs> if it's recommendations, um, I'll say that audiobooks that – by like David Sedaris, where he voices them, are pretty delightful. Oh, I have listened to a few a long yeah. time ago, but I have listened to a few David Sedaris audiobooks. Actually, one that I have, I have purchased, but then I haven't actually listened to yet, so I don't know if I can officially recommend it. I feel like I will once I've finished it, <laughs> but, I, but I haven't actually listened to it yet. Which title? It's called... Um, uh, Late Bloomer, and it's by Clem Bastow. Okay. Bastow? 
Basto. I'm sure it's Basto. Uh, Late Bloomer is by Clem Basto. And I've been a big fan of their work for a long time. This is their first book. And it's about getting a late-in-life autism diagnosis. Oh, cool. And um, how that changed things for them. So, I, yeah, I think I'm going to find that very interesting. Um, but I just haven't actually listened to it yet. Um, I got this meme. More than one person has sent it to me now. Uh-oh. Where it says, so turns out I texted my therapist last night. And then it's a screenshot of the text. And they write... Claire, I am drunk, but I think I have autism. <laughs> and Claire replies, let's unpack this next week. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, I think that's it for my recommendations at the moment. I haven't been absorbing that much stuff recently. Another Did you eat anything good? Oh. I've been trying a lot of different uh, like cup noodles. <laughs> Like those, like pre-packaged, like, and even the ramen bowl. Ones. Oh man, I was drunk the other night, and I did that thing that you did, which was just make up the shin ramen noodles and just throw the processed cheese in, and don't like fuck around with anything else. Yeah, yeah, good. It's great. Hey, yeah, just get some of that sliced craft single yes. type cheese. Yeah. Um, I found uh, somewhere was maybe Coles was selling a version of that super processed cheese, but it was smoky cheese. I had Darily burger slices. Oh, hell yeah. Which are like, you know, the orange cheese. Yeah. yeah. So check that in and it just kind of disintegrates into the. Like I boiled up the noodles and then poured off as much of the water as I wanted to pour off. And then I put the cheese in and used the tongs to move it through until it melted. Because I don't like too soupy a noodle. Uh-huh. And I didn't want to, like, waste the cheese. Fair enough. I sometimes do that with, especially uh, mi goreng, where I basically pour off all the liquid. Basically pour off all the liquid and um, and just eat the noodles and all the uh, flavorings. Yeah. No, oh. fuck the soup. <laughs> I want a dry noodle. <laughs> just, but a soft, dry noodle. Yeah. Um, what else have I eaten lately? Oh, I made some... Oh, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Uh, like a Japanese sort of sweet, salty, sesame, green bean thing. That sounds good. No, not ever. Oh, I went to El Planta at South Brisbane again. Yeah. So good. Um, That's is it a vegetarian mix? Yeah, it's all plant based. There, I had like a chorizo, Mm. um, which I think might have been eggplant soft taco, and that was amazing. And then we had like this ceviche guy that came with chips. It was like you and I went to that vegan degustation at Mongrel that time, and the ceviche was one of the best dishes on that lineup in my estimation yes agreed so like el planter's ceviche which is like you know i don't know why they call it ceviche it's just like tasty soupy vegetable stuff and you eat it with chips mm. um but it was quite good and they've got all these different margaritas and they were really delicious oh this is a bit of a follow-up from a couple of episodes ago yeah um we were talking about the boot in chermside (laughs) and we were like bring back the boot bring back the boot (laughs) so somebody suggested that it was out at deegan now (gasps) 
And the car mine, which was the car yard that used to be underneath the boot, it had moved to Deegan, and so the boot was there. So I drove out to Deegan. Fuck yeah. And I found where the car mine is now. No boot. There's no boot. How are we going to find out where the boot is? Where is the boot? This is going to have to be a whole spin-off podcast. We we need to track down the boot. Yeah. Like, I'm guessing that guy was who was like, it'll be back. I'm just going to go fix it for a while. He was lying. He's got the boot. Kill him. Has he destroyed the boot? (gasps) Has he just decided it's too expensive to upkeep and he's just going to keep it in a shed forever? No, give us the boot. Bring back the boot. The people deserve the boot. It's clearly not going to go back where it was because that's that car yard now has been demolished and it's going to be a medical center put the boot on top that's where it belongs Um, actually no the boots from west end right was it west end or paddington (sighs) wasn't the boot factory Mm. down by the river I think the boot started in West End and then went to Paddington. Okay. And I think the boot should come home. Okay. Should bring the boot back to West End. Bring and the then boot I can home. Hang out with the boot all the time. That whole "It's Coming Home" song about football, except <laughs> it's about the boot. <laughs> the boot's coming home. Um, you surely you're aware that I just as a follow up to a, a previous episode, you're aware that I got the haunted plate right. Yes, you got the haunted plate. <laughs> Have you seen where I put it up on the wall? It's near the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> so that <sighs> creepy doll plate now forever lives in your home. Um, I've had one or two people come over who don't know the story of the creepy haunted plate. <laughs> And nobody's asked me about it. Have they reacted to it? Um, well, uh, a friend came and stayed and then they told me that they believe that my house is haunted by a sad ghost. Does it happen to look like a little blonde doll? Is it the, is it the plate? Oh, interesting. Yeah, I know. I, I didn't ask further questions. I, I'm so bad at this. I should have, like, why do you think that? What happened? I think I'm too tied up with trying to seem, like, chill about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> of course. They sort of offered to, like, help She's the... She's Franklin Mint. <laughs> help the ghost move along. They made this sincere offer. And I was like, nah, I want to keep me ghost. <laughs> She's me friend. I got her on eBay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you've, you've thought that you had a toilet ghost before the plate arrived. I think this is why I didn't ask follow-up questions, because they said, um, your house is haunted. And I was like, yeah, I know, <laughs> by the toilet ghost that rolls all of the toilet paper off the spindle, and I have commissioned a portrait of that toilet ghost. I will eventually do that. Picture. Don't worry, this is the second commission <laughs> of that toilet ghost so far. I'll get there eventually. Nobody wants to paint my toilet ghost. I just, I feel like I don't want to um, um, restrain them to a single form. No, 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 no. I'm going to get multiple portraits of the go- <laughs> toilet ghost. That's going to be the concept. Okay. And I'll hang them all in the toilet. Okay. Because I need, I'm wanting to construct a shrine oh. to the toilet ghost to appease them. A shit shrine. It's not about shit. 
But it is where you shit. It is where you shit. So it's the shit shrine. But like, okay, do you like bodies? They're fine. Bodies are great. Well, body shit, my friend. <laughs> you love shit. No! <laughs> Found out. My secret. <laughs> <laughs> that explains her mysterious trip to Germany. <laughs> Oh, I'm cutting all this out. <laughs> <laughs> leave it in. Leave it in. Uh, bring back the boot. <laughs> bring back the boot. <laughs> we will have to do an investigation. <gasps> Should we do a special episode? <laughs> the most bumbling <laughs> proto-journalist ever. Hello, do you have a boot? No? Okay. Okay, Hello. bye. <laughs> do you know where we can get a good bun me? <laughs> Uh, Online boot patrol. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for listening. That's it for our special little AMA episode. Uh, We'll be back in a fortnight with a new one. Check out our Instagram, which is at Online Mall Patrol. And our website is onlinemallpatrol.com, which has our show notes and links and photos that are relevant to whatever we talk about. You know... I put too much work into it. <laughs> you probably do. I don't think anybody looks at it. Um, I was reading a post recently that said, um, anything worth doing is worth doing poorly. Well, I sure do do things poorly. I really bring that the spirit of that concept to all of my works. <laughs> if you enjoy what we do so poorly, you should tell... <laughs> your friends about it and get them to listen um maybe write us a review i think we still only have two reviews on itunes (laughs) (laughs) maybe we should institute some kind of segment where we read out our favorite reviews that could be good for ama episodes maybe yeah cool and if we still only have two reviews next time we will read out my review (laughs) (laughs) Because one of them was written by me. (laughs) Okay, bye. Bye.